I'm just going to start to the Media Buyer's Manual. This is episode 12. I'm joined by Dean LaGrange. I'm very excited to uh, formally meet him, actually. So, uh, Dean, I'll let you intro yourself a little bit about uh, maybe where you work, what you do, um, and kind of the companies or type of businesses that you help. Yeah. So thanks so much for having me on. So I'm Dean LaGrange. I'm the owner of Direct-to-Consumer Paid Ads, where we help seven-figure e-com brands scale, uh, and we manage, produce, and scale ad campaigns through Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, pretty much any form of paid media. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so you work specifically with just DTC brands right now? Yeah. So we focus, we focus primarily all on DTC. So we kind of niched down the past year, and that's kind of where we have had our most success. But it's we, we help out a lot of brands that have problems getting uh, they're spending over a hundred thousand a month. So a lot of brands we've noticed they can spend 20 to 30,000 a month and then they can get up to 50,000, but they're having a lot of time, uh, spending a lot of time trying to figure out campaigns, creative, scaling, creative, figuring out what creative works best. And then once they start to scale their, their paid media, they have a lot of problems increasing their monthly budget, um, and getting the same row as, so we focus in on that. And especially with the new iOS 14, update with Facebook and Instagram, there has been a, a big need within the industry to yeah. figure out not only reporting, but how to find other alternatives to get uh, the returns and build these brands. 100%. Uh, so what have you found or like a common theme that you've noticed um, in terms of brands that have uh, friction of spending 20 to 30,000 profitably to breaking through that $50,000 plateau? And then again, breaking through that ceiling to get to the 100K. What what do you yeah. kind of commonality, uh, some commonalities you've had? Yeah, I think it breaks down to three things. Um, first of all, not understanding where your media should probably, um, should probably be spent out throughout all the platforms. So ideally, a lot of the brands were, were focusing primarily on Facebook and Instagram, and they weren't making the leap over to TikTok or utilizing Google. So I've talked with a lot of other big brands and a lot, of, a lot of the other big agencies out there, and they've really reallocated their budgets throughout all the platforms, uh, up to Google spending quite a lot. And then also to restructured uh, the campaigns. So using the top of funnel campaigns, whether that's switching it over to YouTube and then retargeting on Facebook and Instagram, um, mostly understanding where to spend the media. And then second of all, under, <clears throat> excuse me, understanding the, the lifetime value of a customer. So um, a lot of the tracking we've been utilizing within Facebook went away, attributions yeah. went away, and of course, everyone's been complaining about that. So finding a solution to that, whether uh, we initially started using third-party programs like uh, Triple Whale or Hyros um, or even Magix, but now we, we solely utilize Google Analytics, and then we have a pretty cool trick that we use to get around that iOS attribution. But um, the main one commonality that between all the brands that we've noticed. Uh, we, we did over 200 audits last year, uh, generating over 20 million throughout all of D2C. And nice. the one thing that we noticed was not having enough content to push into the campaigns. So a lot of these brands are getting, shoot around 10 to 20 pieces of content a quarter, or usually using 30 pieces of content a quarter. And really, that's not really going to cut it anymore. Utilizing 10 pieces of content a week is, is ideal, at least if you're going to be in Instagram or Facebook. And then also finding strategic partners to then uh, create out that pieces of content. So 
we've been able to use two or three uh, other agencies to help us create that content. But really understanding that, you know, once you have that first initial customer to purchase, a lot of these brands uh, aren't really focusing on the lifetime value of the customer. So SMS, uh, email campaigns, doing everything you can to keep the brand value, but also to, it's not so much of just running an ad, getting sales, finding new customers. I think brands are now realizing they actually have to build a brand and they actually have to find a way to retain all these customers that they had before or unfortunately lost. So 100%. So you yeah. touched on, on YouTube there. I'm actually really intrigued. Like 2022, um, we're actually starting to do a lot more YouTube ourselves. And I'm just really interested in kind of your setup on YouTube. How are you kind of, um, are you doing channel testing? Are you doing a lot of audience targeting? What are you doing and what are you seeing uh, that's been working so far for you? Yeah, so I will say um, within marketing, I think there's a good good reputation that there's a lot of people that speak on stuff they don't know and stuff that they do know. And then also too, they make up a lot of other things. Um, I will, unfortunately, I have to admit YouTube, we aren't spending as much as that I'd like. Um, yep. But what I, have, what I have learned within our spending, um, I have noticed that changing that allocation to top of funnel. So um, I know a few brands that sell a lot of high ticket products and yeah. making sure that they change the top of funnel over to YouTube and then retargeting with the middle of funnel with Facebook and Instagram has worked really well. Um, but those individual strategies are always going to change. And then more importantly to um, diversifying how you're going to target. So if you, let's just say you have a wallet company, you're doing the basics of doing the research of the market, understanding what your actual ROAS should be, what everyone else is getting, and then also paying attention to what the top brands are doing. It's all pretty simple stuff. Um, grabbing the top people within the industry, looking, seeing what they do. Um, and then also too, uh, targeting those top channels. So you can yes. utilize that as a segment and then also to interest targeting. Um, but I will say that I've noticed that a lot of the people within uh, that are spending, like a lot of my friends that are spending a lot more than me on YouTube, they're really, really utilizing uh, the top brands and the top channels within the brands. And they're targeting those niche and those audiences. Ooh, very good takeaway from there. Um, I actually really like the transparency also, like everything, especially within marketing needs to be contextualized and hundred yeah. percent really, really agree with you on that. And I love that you're actually transparent about it. Um, and mm -hmm. so I'm just picking your brain right now, but um, yeah. in terms of kind of your creative cadence, like we have a cadence uh, every seven days, just getting your, your creative in, like you said, 10 to 10 to 15 new pieces in there, cycle them mm -hmm. in, whether you're going top funnel, middle funnel, bottom funnel. Um, how are you guys finding new creative concepts and themes? Is it literally just, as you said, with YouTube, almost, you're just kind of uh, seeing what the big players in your space are doing and also finding your unique selling point to add there. Yeah. So um, I think taking a step back with creative, this was a time um, where I think the past two years, a lot of Facebook advertisers or paid media advertisers, they were able to just get anything, target the audience. And I mean, shoot, I mean, back in hmm, 2016, I was doing lead generation campaigns for like panoramic doors that they're 80 to $200,000 doors. And we were getting Facebook lead ads for like $2. And when we first started, it was like 77 cents. So then we, then Facebook started to realize that we had to then, you can't go off of income. Like we used to literally target people yeah. that made over a certain dollar amount every year 
they had a certain amount of people in their family. They had this type of credit card. It was, we could 100% so biasly. Yeah. We could bias target rich people that would get custom doors and then shocker, they bought custom doors. But uh, uh, how does that correlate to creative? Um, people are understanding that if you're on a platform, you need to understand the context of the platform. So you're trying to go on TikTok to be entertained. You're trying to go on Instagram to be entertained. You know, what you put on LinkedIn isn't going to be the exact same as what you put on Instagram, unless it, you're trying to inf have an informative audience that just likes to read informative stuff and they read a lot of books and other than that. But, you know, we're, we're trying to see memes and we're trying to see funny videos. And then yeah. the unfortunate truth is that the attention span of the viewer, you lose their attention after two seconds. So if you can't get it by one, you already failed. Yep. Um, so how that correlates with creative, um, just like I mentioned, uh, my strengths and weaknesses, um, I've utilized this opportunity to, instead of trying to find the best solution, white labeling creative, doing it all in house, understanding that I just source the best creative agencies to do all that work for me. And what that does, it, it's twofold. It allows me to be transparent with my clients. And then mm -hmm. also too, all of our clients are usually on a 12 month retainer and we have yet to see any of them drop out based upon performance. I so it was as great as it would be to say, like, we have some golden ticket that like the secret that no one else does. It's like, um, talking with Tommy Patterson today, um, from weekend digital. And he was mm -hmm. telling me how he has a hundred percent close rate and he didn't stutter. And I totally believe him because I've seen him sell. I've seen him what he, I see him, I've seen him personally talk about the services he offers. I've seen the clientele that he goes after and I've seen him deliver. So mm -hmm. I guess understanding that, you know, clients and brands alone aren't trying to get BS and they're not trying to be lied to just yes. like the consumer hates when they're trying to get buy something and they're lied to. Yep. So when it comes to creative, I now positioned myself. If, if I don't know if you noticed this, um, but let me know if I'm, I'm wrong here, if you've seen anything different, but a lot of media buyers have been out of jobs and a lot of, a lot of agencies have closed because you can no longer be the ad guy. Yeah. There's going to be an 18 year old that's going to come along. He knows how to do all of it. He's going to take your job or the owner is going to just hire someone in house and then they're going to experience whether they lose or not, you lost your job as the agency owner. Yeah. So pretty much. So now it, you really have to understand. So how are we going to transition from I'm the ad guy to I help your brand make revenue. So, and it's much more than just branding yourself to your clients as like, we are your agency. It's more along the lines of, okay, well, we need to take hold of targeting. We need to take hold of the media buying. We need to take hold of the profit and loss statements. We need to take hold of the clients. We need to take hold of the emails. We need to understand how we do all that. And by grabbing a creative agency, full circle, ADD at its finest, um, <laughs> when we grab creative, we only stick with creative agencies that make creative that sells for D2C brands. So. When we get creative, I call up the agency owner. I then introduce them to my client. I have my client's best interest in mind. I'm not trying to white label and make some sort of percentage off of that because I can't yeah. get enough off the retainer. I'm there to make my client money and it costs a lot of money for us to make a bunch of money. Yeah. So I'm going to transition to you to the best creative people. And also too, at the end of the day, just being transparent, I'm not worried about a creative agency owner stealing my clients. 
because I already have the established trust of my clients that I can show that if I don't know what I'm doing, you at least know you hired someone that will find the right solution. And no matter how much it costs, I'm always going to make you money. Yeah. So, you're a partner in growth for them instead of being just the media buyer at that point, which is. Yeah. And, and the other thing too, it, it's, it's the biggest selling point of all, because when we get our clients, we have an audit program. Like, like I don't care at all. I don't have to even sell you on a sales pitch. Our website literally says, click the button and look at what you're currently doing. You can get an instant report. So it's like yeah. majority of these agencies will be like, we'll give you an audit and we'll sit down and all that. And go just through it and take click an hour. one button. Yeah. Just click one button and you'll get the entire report sent to your email. And there's no opt-in to talk to me. I literally don't care. Take that report. It'll tell you where you're spending your money. It'll tell you where you're overspending your money. It'll tell you where you need creative or if you don't, and it'll tell you the areas that you need to improve. My suggestion would be take that over to your current media buyer, give them another chance and then tell him to do that. But if not, then you can take that report, bring it over to us and be like, so how can you guys fix all of this stuff? And it's like, great person that needs a bunch of help. I'll tell you how we can fix a bunch of this stuff. And then you're sitting there not off of opinion. You're sitting there off of actual factual data. Like, Hey, so this client is, but you're spending way too much on your top of funnel. You need to spend a lot more on your retargeting. Oh, your weight, your caught, your click through rate is extremely expensive. Oh, the industry average click through rate or percentage of click through is 2%. You guys are at 0.45. Yeah. So we need to increase your click through. You need better creative. You're spending too much there and we can implement all that. They're like, Perfect. Whoa, how'd you find all that? You're just like, we don't even have to do any of it. We just told you where it was and then we'll find the right people to then make that happen. Of course we do the media buying, but yeah. creative creative is a whole nother wheelhouse. You know, it's yeah. like if the platform changes on you, you're in trouble and then now you're the media buyer and you're now, but what, what are you going to do? You're going to go into like what Adobe and now you're going to start editing video. Like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not going to work out. You don't want to be the generalist in that scenario. You want to specialize in what you're doing and like, like you hope, pretty much iterated the entire time. You are their partner in growth. You're there to be transparent. You're there to actually help them grow and increase their revenue. And whether that's through your creatives, like obviously you don't have a creative service, but whether that's through yourself or just partnering with somebody, that's absolutely, I would say genius because it's just, you're, you're filling a hole that's very um, necessary to, to see your success at the end of the day. Um, so I, 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 I will, I will say though, the one thing that we do control in house is written creative, because mm. if you can get like, think about if you had to show up for a job and your boss wanted you to be effective. And then he said, okay, your job title is this one thing, but within this job title, you've heard all these nightmare stories of friends, families is like, that's not in my job description. I'm now doing way too much. And now he wants me to do all the stuff. Mm -hmm. So every person on our team only does one thing. You're not going to be doing multiple things. You do one thing. So our media buyer only spends media. Our analysts that, well, I, I do sales and, and analysts, but, but that's because we, all the analytics, but that's because I just pre-screen who we bring on. Um, but the last two years we've been referral only based upon once we made that switch of then understanding, okay, so we, what can we control? We can control written, we can control how we spend the money and we control how we look at the data. Yeah. So the client's like, we're not doing good here. And you're like, we are, there's, we need it. Who's right. But once we hand off creative, 
then we then have our our uh creative i mean like visuals and all that yeah yeah um we have then of course a web solution now the great thing is we've never had to get multiple web partners Our we've had one other agency for web solutions because they've always delivered every single time never been a problem Perfect. so they build out the framework but then we handle all the pre-click and post-click experience so if the ad works but the website's trash yeah. you then get the better website oh the website's still great oh it's the wording okay well is the wording streamlined through everything Pretty easy. And then the media buyer doesn't have to worry about writing out headlines. He goes to the template, he looks at the headlines, copy, paste, yeah. just to, you know, so it's a lot easier. So we get, we get a lot more done that way. I love that. That's actually very, very transparent, very straightforward. Like if, if pardon my language, you can't fuck it up essentially. Yeah. Um, right. So I, UV, I, really, yeah, I, I really like surprise. that. Yeah, you would really be surprised how people overcomplicate this. It's like when I first started my agency, like I'm not proud of it, but it's like six years ago, I'd go into like a pitch trying to say all these like technical words and try to overcomplicate. It's like if you are using very big vocabulary and you can't explain it to a four-year-old or an eighth grader, you're doing one of two things. You're trying to confuse the person that is trying to give you money to make yourself look intelligent or you are trying to make yourself look like you can do the job and you're lying, you know, yeah. and you probably don't and, know what you're doing. Yeah. And in both scenarios, pretty much you don't, you're not Intentions honest. Intentions won't ever play out. Yeah, exactly. So I, oh, fuck, this is it. Being a very great conversation, to be honest. Um, yeah, man. I opened up my eyes to a lot of things already um, because <laughs> like I, I'm a consultant. Uh, I work with like agencies. I've also, I also work with like my own clients. Um, mm -hmm. I don't do creative. So like, this is something yeah. you got the mind spinning here. I really enjoy mm -hmm. that. Um, in terms of uh, just finding those bottlenecks that you you're filling up uh, or fixing essentially, like when you say like a uh, conversion or website, just terrible conversions, what are mm -hmm. you finding is like the most common aspect of a website that it just does not drive conversion whether it's going add to a landing page add to a terrible product page what's something that you can suggest as uh some remedies for people that have awful conversion rates yeah i guess to get to the point with this i mean there's there's so many more we're going outside my oh, wheelhouse yeah. but what i've noticed fluidity in the written content and then also branding has to be seamless throughout the ad to the website and then second mm -hmm. of all it's it's trying to make the entire experience as frictionless as possible. So I yeah. say like when I go to Disneyland, the best ride at Disneyland is the ride home because I have to wait for the traffic. I have to then wait for the parking. I need to get the ticket for the parking. I need to get the ride for the ride. I then once we get there, we got to get tickets for the thing. Even when you wait. get a fast pass, there's a line for the fast pass. And it's like, yep. I know probably there's some people that are like Disney diehards that are like, but you're, you could do it this. The, the, the fact of the matter is it's extremely painful the whole entire time. And yeah. it's like, that's saying from someone that can afford Disneyland. So if you think about when you buy something, everyone's like, Jeff Bezos is so intelligent. It's like, yes, he is, but it's very basic. You save your information. And once you're in the ecosystem, if you think you want it, you could talk to your phone and it'll buy it for you now. 
you were gonna say you click the button and yeah it's you can just click a button and it's there yeah yeah like, that's because people still think like uh virtual and visual is like gonna be in 15 years from now it's like no we're gonna have this interview like it's here. in person yeah so it's like if you can make it seamless that's the best way frictionless so the, the simple things like site mm -hmm. speed yeah like, well i'm not a coder fiverr.com find anyone with five stars that is reputable pre-screen them see if they can fix site speed have them fix the site speed the the checkout the cart the actual checkout cart sucks yeah make it better buy an app it's 30 dollars. it'll make everything way better you know, so all of these things are just, it's like common sense. How do you want to not have a bad time? Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. I, exactly. I really, oh, this has been such a great conversation just because sometimes we dive so much into like the tactics and obviously that's somewhat relevant, but like the overarching concept is simplicity is what is always going to sell no matter what, like the, the yeah. easiest way you can make me purchase, fix my problem. Tell me why it's going to fix it and make it very easy to check out like yeah. as simple as that man so um dean i really appreciate you coming on man um mm -hmm. i would love to hear any closing statement you'd love to uh leave the media buyers manual with and then also um if you want to shamelessly plug anything by all means this is your chance to do so man sure well uh my only opinion is give unconditionally if you have a client that is unhappy that means you as a person as a business owner as a whatever you are freelancer all the way to agency owner you suck you need to call them and then you need to say how can we make this better if yeah. you aren't getting the right conversions you must talk to them because if you even if you have someone that has the budget that has that like whatever we need to spend we'll do it it's like well i've had someone where i'm like i'm i'm, I'm so sorry but if you were to hire us we would bring your product to market and that would just expose that it sucks and no one would buy it. Fix that problem, then come back. So just being honest and not chasing the check. Mm -hmm. um, and then the shameless plug, I don't have anything to sell anyone. So I don't care. I don't, but if you would like to uh, on, I think Instagram is the easiest to get a hold of me. It's just bring snacks. I'm I just bring snacks like food, bring snacks. You can DM that. me. I'll chat. And if I can't help you, um, I'll connect you to someone that can. Awesome. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for coming on, Dean. Mm -hmm. um, it's been a, a wonderful chat. Um, and I would love to have you on again in the future if that would be allowed by you. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Kevin. Thank you so much, Dean.